1: with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms. And we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning,
0: good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And welcome to the second episode of The Big decision so ladies and gents it's less than 24 hours isn't it after that Arsenal game the top of the table clash it's less than 24 hours till Christmas as well the big day so I do hope you enjoy that good health and happiness to anyone that's listening even that guy that called me a big fat head on TikTok the other night peace be with you too my mate as well I enjoyed that but yeah, we've got plenty of things to talk through from yesterday. We've got games coming up, haven't they? Still thick and fast. We've got a growing injury list, and we've got positives and we've got concerns in this lineup. So let's get into it. First of all, now let me think, people. Where would I possibly start if I just think? Where's the man mug there? Hmm. Yeah, the PGMOLs, they announced their statement, haven't they, saying an investigation as to why, because it should have been awarded the penalty for the Odegaard handball. I mean, Stevie Wonder could see that, really. It was so basic, wasn't it, that everyone in the ground. I mean, Mo Salah just literally stopped playing because he's last a penalty. That's easy. That's one for me in the column type of thing. And that's us level, you could see. The fact that they've launched another investigation, they say they're going to do another investigation. The only thing I can think of the PGMOL now is they're rivaling the Tory party in terms of investigations. It's literally like the Tory party, the Real Madrid of investigations, and PGMOL. They're now almost like the city, aren't they? They're coming up hard and fast because there's an investigation by Howard Webb every week type of thing. He is almost the, the Sheikh Mansour, if you want, of the PGMOL that way. I mean, deadly serious now. I, I was quite an advocate for VAR, as I said, on many pods. Bin it now. Just bin it. They, they can't use it. They don't know what they're doing. It's just going to create more issues, I think, in that regard. That if Chris Kavanagh hadn't seen it and you know, he didn't think it was right, we don't fully know. This is the one point to say as well. Did Kavanagh see it? I'm a bit unsure, so I'll leave it to the, those VAR guys. Maybe, maybe made a more definitive call, if you like. So I think that's got to come into the mix. But they don't know how to use it. They're well out of depth. All we're seeing at the moment is Howard Webb's PR campaign with Mike Owen on that pod, et cetera. I am now, no one wants to hear the apologies. Too late. You know Klopp will say this. It's dead easy. Been it. Just bin VAR. Give the semi-automated offside. Put that chip in the ball, whatever you do in there, tech geeks, et cetera. But bin VAR. We're at that point. But we don't want to talk too much about that, to be honest, because naturally we've got the rest of the pod, and we should be talking about Liverpool as we always do. So, first big talking point is probably the Klopp starting lineup, wasn't it? That he picked for this game. Now, it was an interesting starting lineup. I had it different, and I think uh, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But uh, the forward line I didn't agree with, and it was kind of proved right. The midfield I got wrong was, you know really shone and where well, we should come to that as well for those big decisions. The forward line, there's a real problem, I think, there at the moment overall. And obviously, I'll look into individuals, but overall, there's only Mo Salah is the only elite forward we have. We have to be honest about that. So much rests on Mo Salah's shoulder. It's almost changed the quote a little bit, hasn't it? It used to be that everyone but Mo Salah, and it's almost star forwards, everyone but Mo Salah, and then you can probably insert your phrases. I know you would at the end there. But from the starting lineup, Diaz, I, I just don't see how you look at recent form. I don't see what you look at what happened midweek, especially leading up to this, the run, how people are doing. I couldn't make the case for Luis Diaz starting. I think most people were a bit sort of surprised. Thinking, oh, come on, maybe this is the one he's had, you know, a few, But we've seen that before. He's had rest and it's just Luis Diaz he's had a lot going on in his personal life, and that comes into the mix, no doubt at, at all, plays a part. But he is woefully out of form, and in the biggest game of the season so far, it does seem madness when you say that that he started. Then you come to Cody Gakpo. I mean, there's technical ability there in terms of touch, control, coming up, all those types of things. It's the physicality and almost a bit of the the attitude, and not in the like sulky sort of way, but almost like an SAS, are you tough enough type of thing. In these top clashes, you have to be able to hold the ball with your back to goal. You have to be able to not just go over meekly at times or a bit weak. You know, that, that is not enough, realistically. At the same time, he won well, one-headed, didn't he distinct flick onto Salah at the back post who put it just wide, but he didn't really win much in terms of his duel. It's just that it's that physical nature and you almost just have that question of, Look at the size of you. How at six foot three do you jump like a five foot three man or just play almost as a small diminutive winger? Because that is not what you are. So yeah, I think that was wrong in that regard as well. For me, in simple terms, it should be this man. In the starting lineup now, he's got his faults. When we talk about forwards, you know, I'm not saying he's perfect by any means in terms of his finishing, in terms of what he could sometimes lack in finesse. But we're talking overall impact here, aren't we? Nunes did more in that 20 minute or so cameo than Gakpo pretty much did the whole match. He did burn their fullback a few times, didn't he, on the outside? And sometimes there was the odd selection. But you are thinking if we'd have had those moments when he could have come from the left and got through central. Arsenal would have been nervous about him. He would have really pushed them back at times as well. People have said it before. Would you rather face Gappo or Nunes? I think we know what the answer is. I think Nunes should have been on that team on the left. There's no two ways about it. And what it should we should talk about as well for the big decisions that Klopp got absolutely right. And it's kind of a separate side, but we should give a mention to kanate who was sensational. Sensational! Absolutely brilliant. Possibly for me, his best performance in a red shirt. That should be noted. Endo, what a week Endo's had. Let's be absolutely fair. He's done three in a week, hasn't he? he? Was Manchester United? He did West Ham. He did Arsenal. That's a big ask for any main Liverpool player. He's played well in all those games, especially the league ones. I mean, he's in the the key thing to say is he's in the contention for man of the match for both. Now, he's not saying he's win it because of others, that type of thing, but he was brilliant yesterday and it really has been almost a a momentous leap forward you feel for Endo, which is another big problem now in big decision time because he is set to go to the Pacific Cup, isn't he, in that regard, which is, you know, timing, injuries, all those types of things. But, yeah, some big decisions he got right, some big decisions he got wrong in that game. The subs worked-ish and then there was a big failure, to be honest. I understand why he brought Harvey on. He made a few things happen. Gomez was a necessity and fair play to Joe Gomez. That should be noted as well. How close was he to scoring? We nearly let off, didn't we, realistically, if if that had gone in. But he played well at left back. He dealt with Saka really, really well. Attacking wise defensive-wise... Very impressive. We're going to need Joey Gomez now more than ever. So that was almost a needed sub, but fair play for Gomez because he could have looked to maybe sort of Chambers. Do I, you know what, what, what? Got that right. The big one he, that didn't work. And I think there's almost a bit of a, again, hindsight, but Gravenberg was terrible. I'm sorry. He had a, you've got to be honest in context, he had a great start to his Liverpool career and we saw real promise or flashes we thought we really liked. And this is coming, but. I've got to be honest, the last few games, it seems to be getting worse and worse and worse. The one thing I would say that stands out is Ryan Gravenberg seems to be struggling with the physicality of the English game right now. And I know he was out for for fatigue, but just that substitute performance, it was abject, it really was. He was losing challenges, losing the ball, just giving fouls away. It, It literally had a negative impact in that appearance. No two ways about it. And probably to say the hindsight 2020 bit, I mean, Liverpool lost control when Curtis Jones went off. Off, sorry. It's no sort of coincidence that when Curtis Jones is on the field, Liverpool have the real semblance of control and you feel they're on top. When he goes out, and we talked before many have about Graven Burke's Bosley, and Bosley wasn't great either yesterday, let's be honest. But how it doesn't work. Okay. I think the big problem is Curtis Jones is such a key cog for us. Almost you have to start looking at him as people are waking up to now in a different way. He is one of our big players in a certain sense for right now. How do we make sure he's available and fully available for the big games like Arsenal? Did he really need to go 90 minutes against West Ham? Really? We'd already won, dominated. You know, he could have rested his legs, we could have had those minutes in this one. Yeah, hindsight wonderful, but some big decisions he got right, Jürgen Klopp, I think, but some big ones he got wrong in that regard. Which probably brings us to the transfer market, isn't it? I know it's it's that time of year, but the injuries piled up. Now, we don't really know with Luis Diaz. That's supposed to be a, a knock to the knee, so he kind of gave a positive spin on that, so to speak, Jürgen Klopp, so we didn't think it was too serious. However, Costa Simicas, I mean who has come into good form and fair play to Costas recently. We have no recognised left backs now, do we? Suspected collarbone. So, with Matip out long-term as well, I understand this completely. There's going to be a natural clamour to say, we've got to go into the transfer market right now and people will have different debates, but people also think around you know, a Batip long-term replacement, get him in now. We, sh- we should be really looking. We need that. And I, th- I do think I kind of agree with that personally. I think an extra body, you could play centre-back and left-back, sort of that type of combination. And I'm just naming this an example. I'm not saying go after him for anyone jumps on this, but Nathan Aki type would just be such a big impact in this squad right now. I do think Jurgen Klopp will still think he's got enough. You'll see Joe Gomez. I think he trusts Conor Bradley. They give him that long-term deal. So I think that does mean they'll be looking, I think. And obviously, if an opportunity comes up, we said this before it's there. but I will think Jurgen Klopp will know he's stretched. He'll have no doubts about that, but I believe he thinks he's got enough. I wouldn't even be surprised if, at times, might sound wild, Luke Chambers will get minutes. I think Conor Bradley will not be surprised in the next few, especially the FA Cup, so I'd probably... They'll be nailed on, I thought, to start. They'll even be looking thinking, oh, I've got Kwanzaa. He could play on the, the left-hand side of defence as well. There's options there. But for me, absolutely, absolutely, I think we should be looking to get this Matic replacement now. It's not just the numbers now. It would give everyone a boost, would push on, really. At the same time, big decision for me. This isn't a decision for now, but... There's four other forwards who need to understand quick and fast they are playing for their Liverpool futures. They really are. And I mean that. Gakpo, yeah, it, it might be always kind of is what he is. He never goes up that level, we hoped, because of his physicality, because of his nature, whatever you want to call it. But that has to be looked at. Again, not right now, but in the summer, he'll be one to be discussed. Diaz, I think, we have to see something marked which we really hope we will in these next six months, the rest of the season. But if we don't, I think this is one way this would be going. So let's hope that changes. Darwin, the, the jury cannot stay out on Darwin forever. And we like bits of what we see and all this, but it can't just be sort of promise and hopes that, you know, and he's got, to, it's got to be fair. He's got to get a run in the team. And maybe if you still get that feeling, does Jurgen Klopp 100% fancy Darwin Nunes? I don't know, that's an honest question to ask, but I would love to see him get a run on the left-hand side. I'd love to see him get more minutes in the team just because of the effect that he brings. I mean, you've got to remember, seven goals, eight assists. They are Mane-style numbers at this stage of the season. You know, If he doubles those, we're pretty happy, aren't we? At the same time, Jota, it's not Jota's... I know he's had that patch of not scoring for a while through to, to last season, but... He's been in decent form. He's got he's our second highest scorer, which is kind of tragic, really, if you think how long he's been out now. But it's the injuries, isn't it? It's that type of concern that you have. So if he gets a, if he comes back and you're hoping he's back for Burnley, don't get me wrong, but if he gets another one, you will still start to think like, we know about carrying injured players. So there are really, it's not now, it's the long-term element, but there's a big decision against four forwards out of our five right now and it's a big six months a big rest of the season for these guys it really is but yeah that's where I think for the, for the transfer market and they really are some of them playing for their future so I think we need to to be clear on that the next big decision he's got is Burnley, isn't it? And in that game. I mean, we're gonna be honest, so almost going ahead, but some of it needs to be rotated, some of it will pick itself. Now, the big prayers that we've got are that, and there was a suggestion, Diogo Jota could be back in contention for this. Now, I don't think he's gonna start, but just if we can get him off the bench for that half an hour, something like that, I think that would be massive for everyone. It really would. Additionally, it doesn't sound like we're seeing Alexis McAllister till 2024, but it, it would be great just to see something. It, it, it also, I'm being honest, it'd be great just to hear something positive around, or even a date around Thiago and Badge setter. I know people are going to say that we had a date, oh, and say, yeah, but we're getting towards that new year. So we, you should be looking towards a further, like how close. Andy Robertson sounds like mid-January by the sounds of it, but... You really want to sort of hear something because we are getting stretched unbelievably thin right now. But Burnley-wise, it's got to be Gomez left back. It's got to be Virgil there. This will be interesting because this is not Sean dive Burnley who will pump it, which I think would have on Canard taking stretch. I wouldn't be surprised if we know about Ibu's availability. It's never his ability, it's his availability. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Quanta in this one with Trent at right back. Additionally, as well, it's a, it may be a lot to ask Endo to go again. So, you know, but I could understand. And also, they may well be thinking, you know, the Pacific Cup, we're going to lose him for that period. So, I wouldn't be surprised if he's asked to go again. You can't not play, and that's a double negative, Curtis Jones on the left-hand side of midfield right now. Now, this one, because it is Burnley, and they will sort of open, or you hope they open, like they do, under Company and, and Bellamy that way, this may even be the one to to give Ryan Gravenberch like go on you and almost a stern word from Jurgen. You, you know you need to start getting used to the physical grips. Everyone runs in this team. Everyone presses back hard and defensively. Everyone is aggressive in the tackle. Most like there's no exceptions for any position, especially you're in that midfield engine room. The physical attributes that man's got. I mean Ryan Gravenberch is almost like an NBA athlete. There's no excuse for him not putting himself in and about that, no excuse at all. So I would not be surprised. I also wouldn't be surprised if he thinks Harvey in that regard, you know, rotation. But for me, personally, I would have Darwin. I just don't see how you can't play Darwin on the left-hand side for this. I would put Mo Salah central. I really would. And I would put Harvey Elliott on the right-hand side. Now he's got to keep it going and obviously enthused and and get some momentum building again after a couple of draws at home. But there are a few who need to understand like they've not been serving something good enough up to us at the moment, which is a shame because at the moment it's almost the opposite if you're honest of what you thought at the start of the season. Start the season, we thought, well, we'll get goals. We might have to win a few 4-3 and that type of thing. We'll throw a few away. And let's be honest, be crystal clear, a lot of people said Liverpool 17 and 18, isn't it? Score a load, concede a load. But what's happening at the moment is this team's pretty resilient. It's pretty dogged defensively as well. It rides its look at times. It relies on the brilliance of Alisson or a Van Dijk, whatever. But we're pretty resilient. Look at the stats defensively. It's actually the goal-scoring element. The forwards have let us down a little bit. Not all of them. We're not putting them all in there by any means. And Mo Salah, we're never even touching that with him. But... The goals of some have come from other areas at times recently, so it's amazing, isn't it, how things change from the start of the season? But that would be in my big decision the lineup for that. Now you've got to manage this game. You've got to manage this game. What I mean by that is you've got to be thinking it's Newcastle New Year's Day. How do I get my strongest lineup as well into that? Burnley, I think it is the nature of rotation. People say strongest game lineup every game, blah blah blah. I think you've got a, a, a bit of a rest for Zaboslai ready for that. It's crucial. Curtis Jones needs to have his minutes managed in this one. Don't play him a full 90. And there should, there's a big gap, be clear, from the 26th to the 1st of Jan. That face is actually quite kind to us here in that regard compared to others. You, you know, shouldn't ignore that at all. But manage it so you're getting Zaboslai, you're getting Curtis Jones, and then you've got the option of McAllister or Endo there. Manage it carefully. Use the subs if you have to. At some point as well, they could use the minutes so you like give Joe Gomez to make sure he's okay for Newcastle. Like, Don't take any chances. The kids might have to see minutes. That's fine. Against Burnley, that's its nature. But you've got to think Darwin on the left, Salah playing as well. You might pick it based on form, but Jürgen needs to sort of link these two together for me because... Some big calls coming up. It's a huge month in January. It's always a huge month, don't get me wrong with the Reds. But in big decision terms, he's got to start getting these right because those few draws you've seen just behind us, that gap started closing. And yeah, City will come back. And you know they'll go on a mammoth winning run. Which leads to the final big decision we're probably going to say for at the moment. And only you will decide. And there's no right or wrong with this. We said at the start of this week, this will give us a good assessment of Liverpool's title credentials. Now, it's two draws. So, two points out of six. So, there's negatives you can look at there, the results, ultimately, and it's a results business. There's negatives in terms of certain performances of people and the team. I mean, it was pretty abject overall. 34 shots people will keep bringing up against United, but a team that had Johnny Evans and I did, it was pretty poor overall. They responded, yes, in the, the Carabao against West Ham. But, you know, in context again, was it West Ham's strongest lineup? No, you know, how they were going. Anfield responded and the team responded overall. Most of them did, anyway, I think, to be honest. But the big decision is now. You may well think maybe a bit for me, and this is me, I'm not going to lie. I said it at the start of the season, I think we're just that bit short. There's so much to like about this team, resilience. The fight, the going to the end, the last minute winners, that type of thing, the the pressure they can put, the energy. How it almost feels like a little bit ahead of where you thought it would be as well. How some of the old older players have still got that magic like Salah Van Dijk diminishing all talk about how they're past it. Those are the positives. On the other side. Some people may think, yeah, we're still right. And I get this. Fair play. Like you're really positive, still don't think we're right in it. You know, would we'll be even if City win, two points ahead. I'm not saying that's wrong. Fair play. You've got that right. But that is the big decision now. You can't really hide away from it too much. If you're honest, you've seen a real assessment of those credentials. We are pretty much halfway through the season. We will be after Burnley anyway, won't we? So now is the time to believe. Do you think we've got enough? Do you even think maybe just a little short, but January was something and you'll all have your opinions like I will. But when we talk about big decisions, you should really be uh, thinking either way, if you're honest. Are we going to be good enough for the ultimate prize? And hey, they say the prize is all about pots, all about prizes, isn't it? I want to see that Champions War go up. So I'd love to see a a Carabao, Europa, anything like that as well. It's about trophies for Liverpool Football Club. But in terms of the big decisions you've got to make, they've had the assessment of the credentials. What do you reckon? So, the only final thing it leads me to say is, ladies and gents, if anyone's listening, enjoy yourself, enjoy your family, good health and happiness. All the rest is just nonsense and white noise, but wishing you all the best. christmas and that ladies and gents was big decisions
1: we hope you enjoyed listening to this anfield index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show the best way to get in touch is over on our free discord community